Rogue Barbarian, also known as Brett. With me today, as always, we have... Hey guys, this is Daniel, also known hey guys, as DPO 427. Uh, Doombox is unfortunately able to, to be with us today due to circumstances. He's out visiting in California and he's out with his friends. But we do have a special guest here for you today, and today with us is... Hey, what's up? This is Pierre, also known as Fanatic Jalapeno. We got a great show planned for you guys, and since Doombox is out, we're actually going to turn it over to Pierre here for the uh, Here Comes a New Challenger. Uh, just before we start, uh, one, just small, before we start. one small technical disclaimer. You guys might be hearing this on the podcast, but there might be a little bit of echo. Uh, we tried our best to, to sort it all out, but if you hear it, just please bear with us. That's all. All right. Okay, so uh, the, the new characters this month. Uh, we got three, which is fantastic. Uh, going off for the first one, we Constantine, in my opinion, he's a great, great character. Um, you know, basically going off of uh, Doom's information that he has here, he's a, a very odd support, but with devast, uh, well, uh, but very devastating with the right composition. And that composition, uh, in my opinion, is uh, basically a team up that really focuses on intelligence down. And if you pair him with uh, also people who can do strength down then you just have a, a great team that just makes all the the enemies weak on all fronts um special of course attacker and uh he's he's great in in rage compositions and i i think he does pair very well with swamp thing i, I do agree with that uh next etrigan now this guy he's ridiculous fast and i i do feel like he he could be a part of a new meta that they have in there and, um, you know, honestly, this character is, again, one of the fantastic additions for free uh, for the free character for this month. So I'm, I'm very excited about this guy. And uh, lastly, Martian Manhunter. <laughs> wow. Uh, him spreading that awareness is going to just is going to be a nuisance, I think. But it's going to be really fun using him uh, in various compositions, of course, with like uh, Wonder Woman DOJ and and uh, Har- well, I'm sorry. Um, Poison Ivy. I think that those are going to be uh, a lot of teams that you're going to see with him. And uh, his team leader ability, I think, is what's going to really set him apart from a lot of the characters on this game. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that all three of these characters are absolutely awesome. They they look like their kits are going to fit really well into a lot of really interesting compositions. Etrigan being the freebie, I think everybody was a little disappointed because it wasn't Constantine, it wasn't Martian Manhunter, but when they finally got to play with them, I think everybody's really happy with that tree So yeah. definitely a plus there. So I'm definitely in the same camp as you guys. But uh, as uh, as Pierre was saying about Etrigan, the thing that really stood out the most for me was that he's so fast for Mystic. I can't believe he's as fast as he is. And you wouldn't think so looking at the, his character model because he's big and bulky, but he's so fast for someone who's that big. Right. So yeah, that was that was surprising, like really surprising. So, well, uh, 22 speed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing about him, because uh, the the new Aquaman also got a lot of speed. And uh, the unfortunate part is uh, when he was launched, you know, he was up against a whole bunch of Harley Quinn, oh, yeah. Mad Jester. And uh, it actually was bad to have him that fast because he wasn't that strong in terms of taking those hits from her. Uh, whereas I feel like Etrigan and his ability to overheal himself uh, sets him up, sets him apart. I mean, he's able to 
put out that big damage, but he's also able to keep himself alive on top of being fast. So, I mean, he just has basically everything. <laughs> the big, the, now that yeah, he feels like he has pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that you mentioned it, the big difference between the new Aquaman and uh, Etrigan in terms of going up against Harley Quinn on the first turn, since they both go before her, uh, is that um, you can, with Etrigan, skip his first turn, but you should be able, you should be doing this anyways to just buff him, right? So that yeah, way, he doesn't, of course. To, that yeah. way he doesn't have to attack Harley Quinn. So if you have a secondary character ready to set up to take care of Harley Quinn, and then you don't have to worry about it. But uh, unfortunately, Aquaman doesn't have that. All his all his moves are attacks, right? So oh yeah, yeah. So, so he pretty much has to uh, he pretty he pretty much has to just go straight up at her, and he just dies usually right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what? So speaking about Constantine, his uh, his PvP week just finished, and uh, some people are starting to play with him. What do you guys think about him so far? Because I don't really know much about him. He looks cool. He looks interesting, but. He could be, he could be very, he could be the new Deathstroke in a way too, right? So I don't know, like if you pair yeah. him with uh, certain characters. So, uh, so the thing about him that really stood out uh, for me, uh, and and most of this was really uh, playing in the uh, the Etrigan um, hero challenge and and noticing how he works. Uh, he's applying a ridiculous amount. Of intelligence down um so that really i mean that that just kills all of those characters that you're fighting uh that that really rely on special damage so i i like constantine paired up with other characters like maybe harley quinn uh mad jester um who also can apply a significant amount of intelligence down and pairing him also with let's say a medfield and a bane because then they're putting strength down on so you're covering both bases you're covering your your damage characters your basic de- uh, damage characters who are affected um by strength down and then you're also taking care of all of those special damage characters so it literally i mean i haven't i haven't really run and tested this um uh to the point where i really wanted to but um that is definitely something i'm going to be really I mean, i'm going to be working on is just really just making everybody weak <laughs> so that's going to be interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think constantine is the one that i'm actually the most excited about because he's the bleed character so uh but i i'm looking forward to being able to use him in the slot where i was using ivy for a long time now and just being able to apply that taunt to somebody oh like yeah. being able to put it on oh, a yeah. camo or something just you know just it sounds silly because camo is a lot of special damage and him applying the bleeds and then constantine applying the bleeds calling assist Kimmel getting the men's off of it like mm-hmm. he doesn't have to attack anymore and it's like this is going to be a beautiful pairing oh yeah i love it I just another to- thing about constantine too is that he also has that invisibility uh I, I, correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think there's any other mystics that can apply invisibility to some <laughs> uh, i don't think so i don't believe so no yeah you're right so he he fits in with this invisibility meta that just kind of popped up with uh clayface and uh That's and uh and he he rounds out that that affinity blend in my opinion that's cool yeah, yeah. that's right definitely didn't think about that didn't cross my mind so something else that i thought was kind of interesting is that constantine's kit like the lower half of it his passive and stuff uh just kind of reminds me of scarecrow a lot mm. so I see that. Yeah, and i think they actually make a really good pairing too because they both care about how many debuffs the enemy has and they both apply a ton of debuffs yeah Put him, put yeah. them, put them together with like Emerald Archer or Green Arrow. You could have like a huge like 
debuff based strategy with maybe Zatanna lead or something like that too. That's cool. Yeah, that uh, sounds interesting. <laughs> just a quick question about uh, intelligence down. Um, I was thinking about this before, and and someone brought this up, telling me that maybe I'm wrong. But I thought intelligence down also affected the way um, the characters would take special damage. But apparently, that's resistance, and that's it's not exactly true. No, you are actually correct. Well, I am. I am correct. So yes, you are yeah. actually correct. So what uh, intelligent. Okay, so you remember Gen One of Pokemon where they just had special. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is this is basically what they're doing. It's the same thing. Okay. They never separated it out. Intelligence determines your amount of damage you deal and the amount of damage you take. So it's offensive and defensive. Yeah. So it's yeah. offensive and defensive. Yes, and it also yes. affects, and of also course, affects healing. Of course, healing. Yeah. Healing yes, it also affects healing. healing. So, so this is what my original thought with uh, Constantine is, uh, because I was talking a lot about this with my alliance uh, in the last couple of weeks. I've, I've been thinking about how to put together a special damage-based team and... If you have Constantine as the uh, leader, and then if you have like some sort of gimmick reviver like Lobo, like L-O-W-B-O, Baby Lobo, mm-hmm. and have him die over and over, Ooh. and the other three characters on your team are all special damage dealers, everyone turns into pseudo-deathstrokes, <laughs> right? So basically, you have three deathstrokes on your team, and everyone's dishing out a bajillion damage because everyone has a ton of intelligence downs on their side, right? And they're all really slow. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah. that's sort of like something I was thinking about. Like that could be really gross. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. with that etch again. Yeah, can do some etch again and uh, like Joker's CPOC. Sure, or uh, <laughs> Live Wire or whatever. Live Wire is another yeah. good one. So, anyway, of course, yeah, uh, Firestorm. <laughs> it has a whole bunch. Has Firestorm. Yeah, <laughs> we, might have, we might have created uh, a, a new archetype that uh, will get people uh, frustrated <laughs> and and be asking for a ban, <laughs> asking on a nerf on Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, briefly going over Martian Manhunter because there there was a lot of controversy over Martian Manhunter, but not so much as the character, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later in the talk. But uh, as a character, the whole awareness kit. What do you guys think about? Uh, more awareness being introduced into the, I guess, uh, the meta game, so to speak. There was Deathstroke as the originator. There was uh, Penguin after him. Uh, who else does it? Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate, right? The Doctor mm-hmm. work. Um, so yeah, I guess he's the fourth in that line, right? So what do you guys think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't and mind awareness. Constantine, Constantine also has awareness. Oh wait, yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're up, up to five now, I guess. Are we are we worried yeah. about? I never awareness? had a problem with awareness. No, I've never it, had a problem with awareness. Well, so the thing is, is especially well, I feel like low key the uh, the bleed teams uh, for a while. Bleed teams were really strong. Uh, they got rid of one of my favorite bleeders, and I really don't want to talk about that so much. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but then you know with the you know with the introduction of um, well the rework of Wonder Woman POT and and uh, other characters like Clayface coming out who just basically drops bleed right off. Um, I feel like that kind of killed the bleed team's effectiveness a little bit. And, uh, and I feel like uh, because bleed is pretty much a direct counter to awareness, it kind of gives life back into the, the bleed teams being not dominant, but at least more viable. Hooray. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kimo! <laughs> hey, if, if, you've, if you've seen any of my stuff, you guys know I love Bleed stuff, so I mean... <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And with Swamp Thing. And, you know. Yeah, Swamp Things look... Uh, but real quick, before we move on to the next section here, 
uh, since you brought up Wonder Woman, Princess Themyscira, I think it's interesting that Constantine can attack her with his basic and not proc her ability to remove those debuffs. Oh. Because he doesn't deal any damage. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh. That's interesting. Hmm. And the fact is, his basic also won't get counterattacked because he doesn't deal damage. Exactly. Uh. Like... So people people might think his basic looks really weird because it doesn't do any damage, but it actually bypasses a lot of things that are a problem. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mmm, you got the wheels cranking. Sketchy <laughs> <laughs> little Englishman doing whatever he wants <laughs> without any repercussions. Okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's cool. That's actually really cool. Okay, cool. <coughs> are we moving on? Moving on to the next section? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so of course, they have two characters this month that uh, got the reworks. And uh, of those two, my favorite, I'm just going to go off and just say this, is Swamp Thing. Um, I'll go over him real quick. What they've done to him is just almost like the Bane treatment, in my opinion. Uh, it's a fantastic rework. And um, the overhills he's able to, to apply to the team, uh, permanent men that he has, um, that massive, massive, revive that can bring the whole team back <laughs> oh man this guy is just a monster and then of course he has a heal immunity and five permanent bleeds that like that in itself is just absolutely amazing um now jessica cruz i feel like uh they've definitely given her they, they let her hit the gym she she's definitely doing some more damage now and um you know of course being on teams where you have those uh, revivers and, and things of that nature just uh, beefs her up almost like a, like a death stroke in a sense. Um, and I feel like she's definitely going to, you know, win over the hearts of a lot of players. So I think that both of these reworks were definitely very needed. And I think both of them are pretty well received in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, I have to agree with you. They're definitely well received and, like you, I very much love the Swamp Thing. He just... So... But something I do want to point out real quick. Both Jessica and Swamp Thing had different gear sets prior to their rework. This is the first time that they've actually actually changed the gear sets on new character reworks. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting precedent. We also have another interesting one with Swamp Thing going from four moves to five moves. And that's the first time they've ever done that. No, that's, mm. So wasn't uh, Doctor Fate changed to have a leadership? I think that was he had five moves. Oh, though. He had five moves before. Oh, okay, so one was just like yeah, switching up. Yeah, two passes. Oh, okay, this is the first time they've actually added an extra move. Okay, so okay. Swamp Thing kind of broke all the rules. <laughs> I'm fine with him breaking those rules because he, he's really nice. He's breaking the rules. He, he's a champion he's of green. Uh, he's breaking the game. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me write some rules real quick, guys. I'm going to rewrite these. <laughs> oh, and we were talking about awareness. I forgot. Uh, Swamp Thing actually has an upgrade on his revive to grant awareness to everybody. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So un uh, unlike the two of you, I didn't actually gear out my Swamp Thing yet. So uh, he's on my... I just hit gear 11 today. I'm so happy. Yeah. But he's he's on my to do list to, to get him up there mainly because I'm working on the other monthly characters. Um, what I I tend to do uh, is focus on the characters that are already listed in the alliance uh, weeks. So for some reason, Swamp mm -hmm. Thing's on that list because um, there's only so many characters you could put on the list, right? So, um, yeah, right. So I decide to put him off uh, and work on the other four or five characters. Um, but 
in in terms of coming going up against Swamp Thing, I actually have to really think about it whenever I'm seeing a team, especially the Swamp Thing um, uh, clay Sinestro. based teams. Uh, there's there, there's a lot of gross teams out there where I actually have to be very worried about what it, what my team composition is like. So I have to bring on uh, a heal immunity a heal immunity character. I have to bring on like a heavy physical damaging character to take out Swamp Thing because he's he's big and tanky too. It's just it's gross. So <laughs> it's so it's so tough <laughs> to sort of plan around everything, especially because Swamp Thing does so much and he does so much damage for a Mystic too. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I have to agree yeah. with you. I do feel like, uh, and I covered this in one of my videos about um, characters with specific roles. And um, honestly, uh, he is he's he's a controller. Uh, but he does have this almost this tankiness about him um, because, in my opinion, uh, to fit the role of tank, you have to somehow uh, ha- at least have taunt to, to gain attention to basically pull aggro. Um, and in in a very odd way, um, before the nerf with Deathstroke, he was more of a tank because you wanted to get rid of Deathstroke first. And I think that Swamp Thing with his rework now kind of follows suit in that where you want to probably take out Swamp Thing early on in the match. At least if, if you don't have a heal immunity character, you want to get him gone before you kill other members because then they'll just come back. So I feel like because of that, he kind of scares you into, you know, kind of giving him that role of tank because you're like, ah, I got to kill him first. So I, I do like that about him. It, it does change things up and you actually have to think, you know, who am I going to take out first? And, and I love when you're going to PvP matches and and having to think versus just setting it on auto. So I'm, I'm very pleased with him, you know, and his rework. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, also, uh, just one thing I do want to point out: um, Jessica Cruz, her third skill grants shields to the whole team, and the legendary upgrade for that currently is worded to be affinity defense. It is actually affinity resistance. Okay. It's the same same buff we've been seeing from before. It's not a new buff. It's just misworded. It's enabling. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, it was just whoever wrote it out just wrote the wrong word. Okay. Is all it was. I remember someone is what it looks like anyway. I mean, I don't. I remember someone bringing that up in a question. So I guess we can uh, overlook that question then, since you already covered it. Um, okay. I, it made sense to cover here. One thing about Jessica Cruz in the notes that Doom wrote here, he wrote that he, uh, she counts dead. revived characters as uh, dead. Is that, is that actually true? I thought they have to be I, to stay dead. I was under the impression they had to stay dead, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I wonder because I, yeah. I I haven't been playing. Although that. although I can see it, I can see it going that way because the PvP star system also counts them as dead. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So I could I could see it going that way. So maybe he actually tested yeah. it out. Like maybe have, he actually tested it. I have a Jessica Cruz. I've been playing with her uh, during this week, but I actually haven't put a reviver on my team uh, to test it out. But maybe I'll do that after this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely funny. worth something to look into. Hmm. Does anybody in the chat know? Hmm. By chance? Well, we'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. all right, let's move on. Let's go ahead and. <laughs> Keep going along. We got lots to cover still. Um, so obviously, there's been a lot of changes recently. Uh, we have this new beautiful PvP arena with a nice cinematic view in as you're coming in, and we are in the land of the unliving at the Vord Warped Asylum. What do y'all think of the new background? 
Love it. Looks cool. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's really neat. You know, I was like, wow, this is this is actually kind of sick. You know, I'm, I find myself paying a little bit more of attention to the the background now. <laughs> we was we was on Quard for a long time, so. <laughs> So there's not a whole lot going on at Quard. Someone brought this up in Reddit a long Someone time ago this up about in um, the backgrounds and the uh, the way that uh, they actually put t- like attention to detail into it. Like for example, they brought up uh, the Flash Museum uh, during certain characters' mm-hmm. animations. Like for example, Wonder Woman's lasso when you throw someone up in the air. There's sort of like a zoom in. You can see certain things in, as the screen is moving around. And if you look very carefully, there's a lot of attention to detail. Like, for example, in the Flash Museum, there's a lot of panels. Uh, it looks like, you know, paintings on the wall. And they're actually covers of comic books. Um, and they, they put in a lot of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they put in a lot of detail <laughs> into the background. We just don't really pay attention to it, right? <laughs> so the one that person was saying, I wish there would be a mode in the game where we could just, like, go into a place like uh in the game like for example the flash museum just go on a tour right or the throne of atlantis or something and just look around because <laughs> uh, there's something i found in the uh clayface background uh there was actually a prisoner like tied to a bench that was like screaming his head off <laughs> i was like that's that's funny <laughs> uh, so like yeah the backgrounds are gorgeous you guys if you get a chance to like just slow down for a second slow the match down Take it off of that high speed because I know we all play it at that. Like the first time you go into a background, just take it off of that. Appreciate the background, okay. you know. Yeah, and I like the fact that stuff's like so, moving around in the background too. Like in the Void Warped Asylum, you see like the gate that's like sort of floating around. So right, yeah, yeah. Um, the it, the moon with the death symbol. Yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. Um, is it just me though? But. Now maybe some of the DC fan, some of the bigger DC fans out there might hate me for this, but does anyone get sort of a get, um, Doctor Strange versus um, what's his name? That that scene in the Doctor Strange oh, movie. Oh, Dormammu. Yeah, like the Dormammu scene. Does anyone get that from? The scene? <laughs> I'm getting like the sort of Doctor Strange versus Dormammu scene, right? There. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe a little bit, yeah, maybe a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I see it. So, I'm not sure if so, it was quote unquote um, inspired anything so that's why yeah yeah uh, something else i noticed is uh i saw a video somebody had a mara in slot four i think it was hate mail but she was in slot four attacking slot one on the enemy team against a hal jordan and she would fire her little you know water jet stream or whatever and when it got to the edge of the little platform that everybody's standing on it actually dipped down at a 90 degree angle like gravity all of a sudden kicked in or something it fell off it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of just, just <laughs> fell off into the void. That's cool. I thought that was kind of cool. Ooh, yeah. Physics. They put physics in. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> so, anyway, that's enough about that. Um, so, obviously, Clayface and Red Robin have impacted PvP. We, we can kind of tell that at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they, they definitely have had a very big impact and a shift in the meta towards Clayface Red Robin teams, or just, you know, invisibility teams in general, for the most part. Uh, one of the common teams is Princess of Themyscira with Clayface Red Robin, and then either Ma- Mirror Master or Robin as the, the final oh, you know, team member. That's so, oh, is it? Well, uh, you know, the, the fourth member kind of just varies sometimes. It's either Princess of Themyscira lead, or it's a Robin lead, or it's, you know, there's a, a bunch of different ways you can see this team. I've seen a Nightwing version of this team. You know, they all kind of do the same thing. But now, part of what has helped is that Etrigan 
does such special damage where Clayface applies 10 agility up. So it doesn't even change him at all, really. But what do you think? What do you guys think of uh, what's happened with PvP with the uh, Clayface and Red and Red Robin? Well, for me, for me, I, I love the introduction of Clayface in this game. I mean, I feel like he embodies what a tank should be, and um, and you know, I, I love, of course, having Harley Quinn. But I was getting tired of just having her be the, you know, the the sole protector for most teams. So now you have an option um, with Clayface out there. Now with Red Robin, I, I really haven't come across too many team ups with Red Robin and Clayface that are high rank that I, I was really too concerned about. Um, especially considering that I, I have a very powerful power girl um, and Red Robin can't really protect himself so much. So I, I'm not really too concerned. I never really am too concerned about Red Robin and his contributions because um, a beefed up, uh, a beefed up power girl before he's able to uh, apply the, you know, remove the buffs and all that good stuff um, can do some really massive damage to him. So uh, I've never really been too scared. But Clayface with Wonder Woman POT though that that combination, I don't care who else you put on the team, is that's just something where you just kind of have to really think and 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 hope <laughs> that you can get the win uh, with those kind of dirty. But, yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll be completely honest. Every time I see a Robin lead, I have to check if there's Clayface on and Red Robin on the team too. And if, same thing with Princess of the Mascara because I actually right now my goal is to farm uh, uh, Firestorm shards. So if I see one of those type of matchups at like level eighty, gear eleven on my on my board, I refresh the board right away because I know that I can beat the rest of the board and I can't beat that matchup. It's just like no point wasting all my energy. So I'll just go until I can't until they're not on my board. Because <laughs> I think that I think that I went I beat one of those teams once because one of the members on the team wasn't year eleven. Uh, mm. and and it was and it was Clayface. And even Clayface at, at gear ten is enough. Like he's just doing his job, right? He's just there to give everyone a visibility yeah. and agility. So it's too, yeah. it's still really rough. And I think I spent like over 10 energy trying to beat that team. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not worth it. And I, because my goal right now is just to get Firestorm shards. Yeah. But um, <laughs> as you were saying, like the solutions to this, uh, especially with the agility up problems is special damage because it just completely ignores agility up. And a lot of these characters that will that are on these teams are physical striker type characters or physical tanks. So they're not really equipped to deal with special damage anyways. So they'll probably get like whittled down really fast. So yeah, that's, that's good. Especially with all the characters this month, everyone's doing special damage, so that's good. <laughs> all right, so I'm I'm about to just push the hot button real quick. <laughs> I know we're all fairly opinionated about this. Let's do it. But at this point, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I I just don't want to beat the dead horse. I just want to say, Deathstroke and Lobo. It happened. We all mm. kind of know what happened at this point. Mm -hmm. you know, Deathstroke's buffs only last two turns. Lobo can only revive three times. Obviously, there's been a lot of mixed feelings about it. Uh, just real quick brief, what do you think? Mm. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, the the nerfs 
were the direct nerfs, in my opinion, were just unnecessary. I feel like, um, you know, with with them adding the revive immunity or um, preventing revive, uh, them adding that to heal immunity, um, all these characters that they launched um, as counters to that meta, um, and then finally making or giving people an opportunity to get a hold of rare characters like uh, Catwoman, uh, who would, you know, of course, counter a buffed with always buff Deathstroke and, and having, you know, characters like Clayface who can still buffs, although it's only one, but, you know, a one always buff all the time actually comes out in handy. Um, and and so with all of those characters out there and all these things that they did, it just seemed a little extra um, checking my PVP boards. There really wasn't that many Deathstroke LOWBOs uh, that I was going up against. There, there was a lot of Deathstroke and other people and a lot of Deathstroke regular Lobos, but I wasn't seeing as many as a lot of other people said they saw. Um, but in my opinion, I think that the main thing that really outraged a lot of people was, is, was how they went about doing this, especially if they planned ahead uh, and they knew that they were going to nerf this character. Um, you know, pushing out characters like Red Red Hood, who, in my opinion, he has a place still uh, with his ability to uh, to apply a lot of heal immunity and things like that. But you know, them launching Red Hood, it almost seemed like, oh, well, Joker, Clown Prince of Crime could not exist with Red Hood, and so they got rid of that character to launch this character and put him in a paywall as opposed to making him a free character. They they could have done a lot of things much better. Uh, and I think that that really was the, you know, kind of the points that really enraged a lot of people. The direct nerf, of course, sparked a lot of things, but how it came about over time is what I think really enraged people, at least myself. So, what do you guys think? For me, I think that um, they could have done with one or one of the nerfs to one of these characters, or not both of them, or they could have tweaked it a little bit. So, for example, I think that the Lobo rework was fine uh, if they left the uh, Deathstroke alone, for example, because they would have just uh, taken out that level of abuse, right? Uh, the other thing is, for example, with Deathstroke, I think the fact that they made his uh, buffs no longer permanent, it's too harsh of uh, a nerf. Like what they could have done, for example, is gave him less buffs. For example, half the buffs that he would have gotten instead of. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, right. Like they could have toned him down, but kept them permanent, right? Um, yeah. Or, uh, for example, they could have gave him strength, uh, strength up, but not speed. For example. Right. So because he needs some way to close out the game, because at the end, like he he's just really slow and really weak. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just he's really worthless now it's it's pretty sad and he still has a he's still a role player on some people's teams like uh one of my alliance members uh Duloth who's actually another streamer he uh uses deathstroke as a controller now as a way to uh to control meter and to silence and that's fine mm-hmm. but he's still really slow as a character right so he his mm-hmm. his value has dropped tremendously so, oh, I, I will have to. I will say this one. One good thing about his nerf is um, you need you need weak characters for red alerts. So now you can just go into red alerts knowing that you don't have to worry about any damage 
from Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's the (laughs) most positive thing from this whole nerf, in my opinion, is that now when I go into uh, red alerts, I'm searching for Deathstroke tapes. I can't wait because it's like not having it's like it's like the perfect team would be like Hawk Girl with Deathstroke and that would be just cake. I would love that. Let's find, let's find that nerf oh sword. my gosh! Somebody's worth now. Yeah. He's got a nerf sword. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting nerf guns. Okay. Oh, somebody, please, somebody, hit me up with some artwork. Give me a death stroke that's holding a nerf blaster. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Okay. All right. Move, move, move on. Like, we, like I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know. Um, with everything that has happened, though, I honestly, this is the healthiest I've ever seen PvP. Like, it is all kinds of teams all the time now. There's no single team dominating anything. There's teams from crit meta, teams from, you know, the anti-crit meta, teams that are bleeders, teams that are tanks, teams that are invisible teams, teams that are, like, you name it, you can have it, you can play it. Uh-huh. It's all legitimate now, so... I, I think that it's definitely a good spot. What do you think? I mean, I, I agree. I, I do feel like um, they've been very generous since September with a lot of different changes in the uh, shop. Um, you know, most of this game is really, unless you're, uh, you know, paying to play, uh, most of it is really just getting what fragments you can. And for the longest time, the reason why I believe that the Deathstroke uh, logo meta was just so strong and dominant was that there were no real other options that were were viable, you know, that, that was consistent. I mean, it did bring about a lot more how Jordan usage, um, but then, you know, having these new characters reworked with team leader abilities like uh, the Dr. Fate and the Wonder Woman uh, POT you know, having those characters out there. And now, you know, they're, they're launching a couple characters this month that have, you know, fantastic team leader abilities. It would, it would have just taken that in in the past to really change things up. Um, that's all they, in my opinion, that's all they need to do, but I, I do feel like it, it is kind of healthy. The mix is definitely healthy um, right now. And, and it, it works out pretty nicely. I am seeing a lot more one-on-one POT. So I'm hoping that she doesn't get nerfed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my opinion for this, um, this meta, it as as Ogre said, it's definitely one of the healthiest I've ever seen. Ever since like the Arrow meta, it's, it was sort of like a one trick pony. Pretty much every season, every couple of months, it was another like dominant, dominant team. Now there are uh, teams that are very, very strong right now, and you see a lot of them, especially at the top one hundred level. Uh, but uh, as you as I'm progressing throughout the week, like I start off in the top 1500 then get into the top 100 then get into the top 35 and what up whatever i've actually not seen more than maybe two or three of the same teams on my board so i see a lot of diversity but uh one thing that neutron stars pointed out in the in the chat uh one of the more dominating teams right now uh aside from the robin led team and the princess of the mascara teams with the clay face and red robin that we talked about before is the Enchantress team that uh, I've been seeing a lot too. It's another team that I skip mm. if I see it on my board <laughs> because I'm farming the Firestorm. But, heavy overheal team? Right. It's, Bane. Right. It's Enchantress, yes. Bane, <laughs> and Clayface. It's Team Thick followed by <laughs> uh, someone to give them all overheal at the beginning <laughs> of the match. And yeah, and, and you, could, you could even swap out like 
Swamp Thing and Etrigan there, I think. Right. But uh, right. one thing that BG Bat was saying in the chat, uh, as opposed to uh, uh, sort of to, to, to counter what uh, Neutron Star was saying, is that uh, this team is made up of a team of all high-level characters. It's not like the f- previous formats where uh, where it was just one character with Deathstroke being at the top of it, right? So I have to admit that, you know, you'll see this team a lot at high-level play, but that's at the highest level of play, right? So you have to sort of get to that point, and once you're there, it is a, huff, a, tar- a tough team to go up against, but it's not impossible. As we were saying before, special damage deals with a lot of those characters, so... It's one way to attack them. I I'm just personally not willing to go through the headache of trying to battle through that team if I if I was to fire storm So that's all. Yeah, uh, fair, enough. yeah. fair enough. Okay. Um, all right. Real quick, let's just go ahead and cover the last little bit, and then I'll pass it over to you, DP. Uh-huh. Uh, so PVE, we've had our Martian Manhunter shards via Alliance now. First week was absolutely crazy for those alliances. Uh, there's also been some mixed feelings on the shop pack, but I'll let DP cover that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, so Martian Manhunter became available through alliances, and as of right now, I can confirm for everybody that it has been confirmed by WB that this was not planned out, you know, as being a regular thing. This is a one-time thing. They just wanted something really cool for Martian Manhunter. So don't worry, you're not going to be doing this every month or anything. <laughs> don't stress it. <laughs> I think only, only your wallet will think, be fine. I, th- I think only ten groups of people actually have to worry about that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> don't stress it. It was a one-time thing. Yeah. Uh, we actually have three really nice hero challenges this month. We have Mera, Catwoman, and Arcus, and then obviously the Etrigan ten-day events. All of them, by gosh. Good selections, I think. Really, really sweet. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys agree? Good selections. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with Arcus, to be honest with you. Um, for some reason, it seems like when I when I battle against Arcus, he he does amazing things. When I use him, and and he was actually he's actually one of the three characters um, that I have fully maxed out at eighty, uh, legendary five, everything unlocked. Um, but he he can get smoked so quickly by um, a mystic. It, it, it's just kind of sad. I thought that he was gonna um, bring a lot more to the table than than what he does. But um, he definitely he's still a very you know dominant and you know powerful character, especially if you're going up against teams of uh, of energy or physical. So he, he's great. Catwoman's fantastic, and then, you know my opinion of Mirror. I just I I, I love her. So. <laughs> <laughs> We have people in chat. What's about that? The, uh, what's that you call the retirement F- package? FJR. Oh yeah, that's what the yeah the F- FJ- <laughs> FJRP, the fanatic jalapeno that's retirement that's package plan. They got it. She has it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who who all has that now? Uh, so right now it's uh, Bane, Mira, and Arcus. But Arcus, he somehow snuck in and, and stole a package. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I would have been happy with just keeping him at maybe level 70, you know, gear 11. Um, but I do feel like uh, Martian Manhunter might actually get that treatment. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm playing with them right now, and, and I'm actually kind of liking them. Uh, my alliance is one of those alliances. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, and, and, and Swamp Thing. Yeah, I, those are the two that's uh, on my list. The first character that I took to gear 11 was Arcus. 
And, uh, like, I have a couple of other characters, too, just because Mar- Harley Quinn, Mad Jester, and so on were sort of the kind of mandatory Gear 11s. But, <coughs> of course. Um, but uh, the next on my list is, um, well, somewhere in the the near future will be Mira and definitely Bane. So Bane will definitely be my next physical Gear 11. And Mira is probably my second or third uh, mystic after because I'm working on Etrigan right now. But Mira is definitely at the top oh, yeah. of the list. Um, but you won't be disappointed. Yeah, no, I, I got I got uh, Mira to legendary <laughs> four uh, thanks to her event, so I'm pretty happy about that. And that's like really the sweet spot. Like you get pretty much everything in her kit at that point. So yeah, that, yeah. that's awesome. Red alerts. That's where she excels. And for that's why I love her so guys, much. For those of you guys who are not really, you know, working on gear 11s, maybe you're sort of like, you know, mid-level 50, top 1500 PV, PVP or so on. I've been using Mira at gear 10 on my teams to battle up against a lot of the top level, uh, like harder to beat teams. And she's been holding her own. One of the best combos I've been seeing right now, because I used uh, Wonder Woman uh, Defender of Justice a lot, is if you put the, di- uh, the, the damage immunity on her, and use her basic, she likes to pass around the damage immunity a lot. Like, I would say 99% mm-hmm. of the time she passes it around, even if she gets buffs. <laughs> so, what you do is, you set it up so that she she goes, she, you, she puts it on uh, Wonder Woman, she passes around the damage immunity, and all your other guys are protected for a turn. Right? And and sometimes she'll even pass around some mains or something, too. So, it's just a really good, um, it's a really good setup, especially if you have Wonder Woman as the leader. So, she'll take a lot of the heat, she taunts a lot, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> so it's a really really <laughs> you know, jump in and give a little treat for everybody. Um, you know, Mira's heel has a very low cooldown. And uh if you pair her with uh Batman World's Greatest Detective, he has an ability if if you unlock his legendary to remove one cooldown for uh basically everyone on the team. And I believe her cooldown for her heal is two. So you literally get to do like a back-to-back heal. And if if you put, which I highly suggest, the first legendary power point goes into that heal to get that damage immunity. Um, and so if you have that and you have her with that Batman, he's able to remove one of that, you know, kind of helping her out with that cooldown. So she can basically do like back-to-back heals. So two characters on the team with damage immunity and ridiculous amounts of men. It's absolutely amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> world's greatest detective mm-hmm. that makes so much happen. That's why he's the world's so. greatest. <laughs> he's That's the world's right. greatest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then real quick, uh, we had some updates with 1.18. Uh, there was a small change in the UI. There now is a more button at the bottom of the shop. You can still swipe or scroll or however you normally did it, but now there's a more button, so it would take you all the way to the other end of the page because I think there are more than one page. I think it helps certain like devices that had problems scrolling. That was why. Right, yeah. I think it's specific to certain devices, but at the same time, it also could be for people that didn't realize there's more there right. at the same time. So, you know, help it out. Uh, there was also a change to uh, the gems and how they buy packs. Uh, now, if you're in PvP and you go to buy an energy for PvP, it'll buy you one energy <laughs> instead of the full pack of 10. So now you have to back out and go to the store and buy 10. Uh, it's just a minor thing, but it makes your gems look funny when you spent two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just or just, 22 to get your just, your one energy so just for those who who want to know like the overall value about that like 
if you look at it uh, as a total, you're always going to be spending more gems than if you would actually go about buying your resources the traditional way. The reason why it's there, like for example, uh, you get what 200, 200 gems for 10 PVP energy. If you buy it in the shop, uh, one energy is 22 gems, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go yeah. through it that yeah. way, you're going to end up spending uh, slightly more. The reason is, is because you're only buying them individually. So if you only need one more to close out your you know, missions for the day, it might be worth it rather than buying the whole 10 pack, right? So that's there. You know, it's there as an option for you, but it's obviously in terms of value, it's not really that great. Uh, and the same goes right. for everywhere you see this applied in the in the game. So whenever you see the option of buying regular gears, energy, right, PVP gears, energy, everything, or gears too. So for example, if you're farming yeah. gears today uh, because it's the gear day, uh, if you see, for example, you know you look, you're searching this level three gear, and it'll show you where to find it. But it also will give you an option to buy the you know remaining amount that you need for a certain amount of gems. That number will always be a very exorbitant amount. Uh, it will be. It's definitely not worth it. For example, I was looking for uh, you know another ten pieces of this level three gear, and it said you could buy the uh, you can buy them for you know like sixteen hundred gems or something like that. So if instead I could refresh my you know uh, the the gear farming node sixteen times, <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense if you think about it in terms of value. So yeah. Kind of, if you're if you're worried about value, then definitely you know something probably you want to stay away from. But if you're looking for like a time saver, it might be worth it. So that's all. It's still better yeah. than that. Uh, what is it? Seven thousand gold for ten thousand legendary essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, all right. So DP, let's go ahead and close this out. Quickly. So in the (laughs) first section that I have to talk about is the shop talk as we usually go through. Just very quickly, some changes to the PvP packs uh, this month. They have added Kimo back into the pack and uh, supports Lex Luthor. And Cyborg is back into the pack. And they've removed uh, Jessica Cruz because she's a monthly character. World's Greatest Detective Batman. I'm sure everyone is happy about that. And they've replaced mm-hmm. well, uh, not everybody. They replaced uh, the new Lex Luthor with the previous our uh, Assault War Suit Lex Luthor, which is good or bad depending on who you like. But actually, the Assault War Suit Lex Luthor was not farmable, so eh, I, I'm okay with that. But it's okay. And then uh, they've introduced this new type of pack with the whole Martian Manhunter uh, Alliance Mission Week. They've called it the Alliance Amp Up Pack, which has uh, been locked into four thousand gems for 150 shards of uh of spread out between the five characters for the current day and it's distributed between anywhere between 10 to 50 shards of those characters and you'll either uh, get two pvp energy or 20 pve energy depending on what alliance mission day it is so this pack in general i think it's okay the one thing that I like about the pack, even though I don't really like variable character packs uh, and variable shard pack character, or like mix of both variable shards and variable character packs, is that some packs were really worth it if you looked at the characters in the pack. There were some character, there's some packs that were all exclusive characters with like Etrigan, uh, Red Robin, Robin, and uh, Nightwing, and Batman all in one pack, right? Well, not Batman, but. You know what I mean? So there's some characters that are so for newer players that have a hard time getting these shards, that might have been a really uh, good option for you. Like for me personally, I'm actually 
I think, 20 shards away from getting Red Hood to the next level, the next rank, the next rank. So I was really, really contemplating buying the pack just to get him up there. So I actually didn't pull the trigger on it. I was, I stayed disciplined, but uh, I wouldn't blame anyone who did if they were in the same spot, right? So um, then there was also now we'll get into the juicy part of the the shop talk. The Martian Man Hunter Pack this week was released for a hundred dollars, and this was quite unexpected, as most people I believe were expecting Constantine. Uh, instead, uh, the biggest part of this uh, it was the fact that it followed the huge resource spending week, which was the Martian Manhunter Madness week, uh, and this was followed by a huge community backlash. So, um, so a lot of you have, that have been following this on Reddit um, probably know a lot about this. There's a lot of people who've been very vocal about it, but. The idea here is that uh, it took a lot of the wind out of the sails, uh, especially for the top 10 alliances that were pushing super hard to get those shards. So what do you guys think about the changes here for the shop talk? Ah, well, uh, <laughs> that that Martian Manhunter pack, yeah, I... I... I understand why, uh, you know, people could be, you know, very disappointed with the timing, of course, of that sale. I mean, especially considering that, you know, you had your Constantine week there and, and most of the time it's it's normally that character um, that they normally will have uh, toward the end of the week and all that good stuff. But um, I, I feel like um, it balances things out a little bit. Uh, I, I do feel like at the end of the day, it's not going to make that much of a difference, mainly because uh, those alliances that really, you know, worked really hard, at least in the second week, because the second week you, you pretty much get on um, <coughs> on heroic days, you're able to get all the way up to 500 fragments of the character. So um, if you really needed the gold, then you'd probably go and do it. But I, I think for the top alliances that really pushed and pushed and pushed, they probably already had most of the the fragments that they wanted. Um, my alliance came together and, and we got a decent amount already uh, for this character. So, I mean, I think that in a, in a certain way, uh, it, it probably didn't help them out sales wise. Uh, if they would have done it, it would have made it more of a special character. Um, and I think that that's probably part of the outrage is that um, this Martian Manhunter was, I think, in most people's opinion, supposed to be this, you know, you can only get this character through building your teams and doing all this other good stuff. Um, and a side note, by the way, is uh, I was a little, I was very disappointed with uh, with how they did it. All they did was just changed, you know, not getting Alliance currency to getting Martian Manhunter Fragments. I thought it was going to actually be new PvP. P, I'm sorry, PvE content. I, I thought that that was going to be the case for the month of March. Um, so I was a little disappointed on that front, but um I mean, overall, I think that if they do have an event like this, uh, people will probably be very leery of going all out, at least on that first week, because I think that the amount that people put into the game that first week was a lot, a lot in comparison to um, the second week. And uh, and then the fact that you just, you know, sling out the $100 pack, you know, just kind of negates all that first week's progress. So, uh yeah, I have to kind of agree there. It's like the Martian Manhunter pack, everybody knew it was going to come eventually, but I felt like it should have been the end of the month. Yeah, definitely. You know, right. it's like, hey, did you get him? If you didn't, here he is. Right. That's what it should have been. You know, and it, 
it didn't turn out that way. So I think people were disappointed in that aspect because I think a lot of the whales were anticipating being able to play with them a little first, not for four days. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they have another you know. two weeks coming up, right? They could have put them in next week. It would have been fine. Any, they, they just didn't have to put it this week. This week was the worst timing for it. Uh, so. Right, and that's what I mean. They could have put them out of the last week. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, that last mm-hmm. chance pack. Right. You know, hey, did you get him? Right. If you didn't, here he is. And, and right. you know, that would have been fine, I think. And for those of you who might, might be worried about the Constantine pack, I'm not... Uh, I don't I'm work not. for WB, so I don't uh, know I don't personally, but there's still two more weeks left in the in the month, so there's two opportunities for them to release the Constantine pack. I Now, I have two theories. One is Constantine might replace the Swamp Thing pack, which might be, which probably would be next week, because Swamp Thing is still available in Red Alerts. So there might not be a big need for Swamp Thing shards. Uh, but uh, it, that being said, it could be also uh, Swamp Thing or Constantine could be the last, uh, I guess, the last day of the month or something like that when you could release a pack. So... Anyway, so, so yeah, don't worry too much. I think about Constantine. I feel that he'll probably be out there because why not? It's a huge just cash grab for them. <laughs> There's no of reason course. for them not to put out a Constantine pack. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not going to leave that money on the table. They're, they're <laughs> definitely going to take every opportunity to get yeah. into your pockets as they possibly can. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So uh, and I, I think that they learned their lesson with the backlash. Hopefully, mm-hmm. on this one, if they do do so. another yeah, Alliance character release yeah. eventually. They'll realize, hey, maybe we should slow roll it. Yeah. And I you know, think, you know, this is a learning process for everyone. And just to be clear, guys, just to remind you, uh, the developers that Ogre had a chance to meet when he was at San Francisco, in San Francisco, those aren't the people putting those packs out. It's the marketing team that's putting that out. You know, they don't really have a yeah. say on when what really goes on in the shops. And I completely get that working in a company that deals with marketing and sales and whatnot and development. So I completely get where that's coming from. So moving on from that. Um, let's get into something more uh, community-based, the Community Watchtower. So talking about the Martian Manhunter week, <laughs> there was the whole controversy, especially which completely blew up on Reddit, uh, around quote-unquote alliance boosting uh, as witnessed during this week. And the whole thing that really came up about this was uh, the fact that someone, uh, I think it was the D Truth Seeker uh, on Reddit, who po- pointed out that they found um, Alexi, who is a... A moderator on the in-game community, the community center. Uh, he was there was a screenshot of him earlier in the week. Uh, during, I think it was convoluted heroes is was his alliance at that time, and then in another screenshot, him being part of I think convoluted villains. And the idea here is that people were saying that okay, it's clear that he's uh, known to be a big uh, contributing member to his alliance, and he's jumping from one alliance to another uh, to help boost up their numbers. And there's a lot of argument based on whether this is ethical or not ethical, whether this is, uh, you know, this is like scummy or not. And in the then members of Convoluted have also been coming up on Reddit and defending themselves as 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 they have the right to, of course. So there's a lot of mixed opinions about this. I don't really feel one way or another about it because I wasn't really personally involved. I was just being a moderator, being there, making sure things didn't get out of hand. So same with Ogre and Doom. So, um, yep. turn it over to you guys if you guys want to be a little bit more vocal about the subject. Uh, I mean, for me, it, it is something that I knew and I was very aware of. Um, as long as the game allows it, it's it just kind of is what it is. Um, the members of my alliance, I, I tell them, hey, you know, <laughs> um, we're not going to go that route. There are some times where, you know, the numbers seem just extreme and 
and I like to play this game, you know, just just for the fun of it, you know. And and when you start going into all of the mechanics that that's involved with um with the alliance boosting and what you have to do in order to make it happen, um, having you know your all characters come in, use their free energy, things like that. Um, if you really want those shards or the if you really want that alliance currency and all that stuff that bad, then, you know, it is what it is. And I, I think that um, bringing it up and allowing the developers to say, hey, you know, people are fully aware of this and are actively doing it. Um, it really just kind of throws the ball in their court to see what they think. And, you know, I guess it kind of comes down to if they feel like this is unethical, then they'll change it. If not, then they'll keep it there. Because, I mean, there used to be, a, a way to um, boost yourself in PVP. Right. And they, they corrected that. Um, so, you know, it's just really a matter of time before they make a statement, before they actually change it, or they might just keep it the same and just say, hey, you know, you're spending your 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 energy in one place or the other. And it's just, that is what it is. I, you never really know. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to, to try and figure out what WB's thinking until they actually come out and say something. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's one of those things that it definitely didn't break any rules because they're not putting in cheat codes or anything. Mm-hmm. They're they're literally doing what they're allowed to do right. in-game. Right. It kind of is the same exploit as, you know, ungeared Lobo. It's right. the same concept. It it really, it just, it may break the spirit of the game, but it didn't actually break any rules. Exactly so right. it's hard to really, exactly. it's hard to really comment on this, I think. <laughs> And to be honest, though, so, um, that, that word that everyone's using, exploit, it, people take that as a very negative, very ugly sounding word, but it is, it's exactly what it is. It's a, it's something that's in the game that may or may not be intended that people are taking advantage of. It doesn't make, that, that doesn't, that doesn't put them at fault for using that, right? That's like saying, well, I'm playing a reviver team. Why are you using heal immunity? That's, you know, that's really silly. Like, why would you I wouldn't make that case, right? So anyways, this may or may not be a, a thing in the future because if the, if WB thinks that this is a problem and they want to crack down on it, they can. There's been, for example, people proposing that there should be a cooldown if you leave an alliance that you can't join another alliance for a certain period of time, for example. Or um, I don't know how they would implement that exactly. There's probably a lot of different ways to address that. But uh, whether or not it will be addressed is something to be seen. Um, there's one thing that I want to talk about in terms of the ethics question. Now, I want, I want your opinions on this because I, someone brought this up and it really got me thinking. If, for example, Alexi being, uh, a big spender and he moved over to an alliance and, you know, put some cash into his reserves and then, you know, help push the numbers again <coughs> for that team, what would the difference be? What? If, for example, he stayed put, if he stayed in convoluted heroes, he didn't move over to convoluted villains, but instead, he, it, let's say he spent, you know, $100 in the shop to buy some refreshes. He sent an iTunes $100 gift card to somebody in the other alliance and said, here, do this. This is what I was going to do. Is that any different, right? Now, right. technically, he's not jumping. He's not d- doing that exploit, as we're saying. But the outcome is the same. The only difference would be that he personally is not benefiting from doing all the runs, doing all the grinding, getting all that uh, extra, you know, gear and experience and whatever, right? So he's letting someone else take advantage of that, but he's putting his own money uh, into his quote unquote family of his alliance, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, point out uh, or pick on Alexi by any chance, by any means. It could be anyone. I'm just using him as the example. That's all. So what do you guys think of those, that way of thinking of it? 
Well, I mean, uh, if, 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 a, if a person wants to front someone else cash in order to, you know, uh, uh, beef up some numbers, I mean, there's no way to control that. And I don't think there's anything wrong or unethical or, or evil about anything like that. I think that, uh, I think that with the Alliance boosting the, I think the, I, I guess the problem with it would be just, uh, having, let's say, an alt character that sole purpose is just to contribute points right. to an alliance. So it'll, you'll basically have him lead the alliance, bring in this alt whose only purpose is just to boost some numbers, then that alt account either switches out with a second alt account or what have you, but then you come back and you reap the benefits of the extra points for your alliance for that day. Um, that, I think, is the... The, the issue is more or less, you know, having people with, let's say, all accounts, because it, even with a, a free account, if you just focus on just logging in each day, you're getting a decent amount of gold. And if you just do the basics, you can you can basically get a decent roster without paying a dime. And you can then use all of the free energy of that alt character um, without having to use any gold um, or spend money. So I think that that it's something that hurts the revenue of this game, in my opinion, um, because you could just use the free energy from an alt account. And I think that is uh, where the issue would be. Um, not necessarily giving your money to somebody in order to buy a pack. In fact, that actually would you know, help out the game uh, even more because now you're pouring even more money into the game. So um, I look at it from that free alt account kind of situation um, that I think that the game needs to address that. Um, I did uh, real quick. I'm going to make this quick, but I think that a solution to this would be uh, not necessarily preventing somebody from joining another alliance uh, right away, but more or less going back to alliance they left already. Um, and it, it, maybe you could still go back, but let's say, for example, um, there will be a weekly refresh. So you, if you go back to the alliance that you dropped, then you won't be able to be eligible for any of the points for that week. Or something crazy like that. Like waiting until um, a reset or something. <clears throat> yeah, waiting until a reset until you can actually get something. But, I mean, I, I was thinking about it for uh, a couple different ways. Like, if you did it, if it was just like a one-day thing, then people would just easily leave during the PvP day, um, come back for the, the, the heroic. That's where you're going to get most of your points. So that still would have to be controlled in a way. It may be a two-day refresh, so you, you're not taking advantage of the of the heroic days. I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the developers do uh, about this. Yeah, I don't really have much to add at this point, so... Mm -hmm. okay. I haven't really thought about it, so... Okay, well, let, let's move on to that subject, to something a little bit more positive. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about, um, in terms of the community, I want to focus on YouTubers. So, uh, well, obviously, we, the the, the Ozman, uh a lot of you guys have already uh, followed us on uh, YouTube. Thanks for that. We're, we've actually crossed over the... Uh, the 200 uh, subscriber threshold and we're not we're not really uh, at the same level as you are Pierre but maybe eventually <laughs> we'll get there soon <laughs> but right. um, in terms of other YouTubers that are making a mark for themselves uh, a shout out to uh, my alliance the Justice League of Reddit uh, my, my homeboys there there's a couple of guys who are making a name for themselves uh, the du the Duloth experience my uh, my buddy Duloth he's starting to stream uh, semi-regularly I think like maybe once or twice a week and in addition to the uh, the videos that he's posting more or less every day, I feel. <clears throat> and he does a lot of cool stuff. He took a, a page out of Ogre's book, 
um, doing sort of like the camel versus the world thing with Doomsday. So I think it's, uh, I can't remember the title of it, but it's basically where he's soloing a lot of things with Doomsday. I think it's Doomsday Unleashed now. Doomsday Unleashed. There you go. Doomsday. So he's doing some some the the same sort of thing with Doomsday, and that's really fun to watch. And I actually like to watch and it just actually, to hear <laughs> the sound effects of Doomsday smashing people. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love those sounds. It was awesome. Uh, another another member of my alliance, Chrombopulus Michael. If you guys are familiar with uh, Rick and Morty, he's a character from Rick and Morty. Uh, Chrombopulus Michael. I think his name on YouTube is JLR Chrombopulus Michael. Uh, he does a lot of fun and interesting uh, team compositions, especially with um, the rogues. I think his favorite types of characters in the DC universe are the rogues, and his uh, he's known for Captain Cold, Mirror Master, um, and uh, who are the other rogues? Well, Red Robin's in there now. He's using him a lot. Clayface and so on. So a lot of his team compositions out there are quite unique, quite fun to watch, and he was probably the guy that made Mirror Master popular before Mirror Master was popular. <laughs> so he was playing Mirror Master before. <laughs> <it was cool. laughs> um, another person I've been uh, seeing a lot of on Reddit, posting a lot, uh, is CR7 Inho. I'm not sure exactly if that's how you say his name, but he's from the Court of Owls. He's been posting up a lot of videos too, so you guys should probably check him out. Also, DC Pamela, she's been making a name for herself uh, recently, um, but a lot of her content that I'm seeing now that she's putting out there fairly regularly, she looks like she puts a lot of effort into her videos. Like I like, I appreciate it from a technical standpoint when someone puts in that extra time to give it that little bit of flair at the beginning or end of a video, putting in that uh, that background music. So I can appreciate that, and she puts out good stuff. So yeah, you guys should check her out too. Then we get nice. into what everyone wants to hear about YouTubers. Mr. Fanatic Jalapeno. <laughs> so you were on a bit of hiatus at the end of last year, but you've made your return. And uh, some questions about uh, your the current state of things for you in terms of the game and what to expect from your channel. Yeah, uh, well, so, yeah, I did. I took a little bit of time off. I mean, the holidays were pretty brutal for me. Uh, a lot of plans and things like that. So I didn't have the, you know, the time that I, I, I had before to post uh, videos. Um, but with 2018 and, and new characters that they released, uh, Power Girl and Clayface and Etrigan and all that, uh, it, it's it's actually made you know the game the gaming experience uh, much better and exciting. Uh, a lot of content to cover, uh, which of course, being a content creator, it's just the the best information that you can get. You know, there's, there's stuff for me to talk about. Um, so that's. Uh, I feel like it's fresh now. So the current state of the game right now is, is pretty fresh. I mean, there is a lot of things going on with like uh, various tactics and uh, how they go about, you know, the, the certain sales and things like that. So I've, I've kind of gone more of the free to play route, um, but I'm still putting together content with the characters that I currently have. And I, I do put in a lot of work on uh, new characters that I do unlock. Uh, so for the future, um, I do want to do more uh, live streams. I, I, I love those the most, man, because I'm able to interact with people live. And um, and I, I do want to start posting videos uh, of epic battles, uh, like random epic battles that that uh, that I'm about to have. Like like what you're saying, um, if I'm about to go up against a, a crazy team with. Um, Let's say Robin and Clayface and Red Robin and all this other stuff. I, I, I would like I like posting those kind of videos, um, just like a quick battle 
describing, you know, the reasons for me selecting who I select and things like that. Um, so that's something to expect in the future. Um, and then of course, posting more. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the best thing. <laughs> Getting more stuff out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Trying, trying. <laughs> Ogre, any thoughts about the YouTubers? Keep it up guys. <laughs> you guys keep me going i know that so so i said this before on uh other podcasts but we as a community um the dcl community in general uh we want to support uh content creators and we want to support each other so by us putting on a podcast for example having other creators on the show that's a way for everyone to sort of spread the word and uh we'd appreciate it also if everyone could spread the word about the osman too but we uh, we've had other creators on our show before, and we plan to have more and more creators on the show um, as more people, more and more people come up, and more and more people are trying to make a name for themselves. We know how hard it is because we're struggling ourselves too. So we need to just be there to be vocal and help each other, help each other. That's it. So um, moving on to some questions. Now we're getting a bit long on this half of the show. So what I'm thinking I'm going to do is we'll probably answer like maybe a handful of these questions, and the ones that we don't get to. We'll probably ha- answer them in the second part of the show if we have some time left over. So I'm going to go through about four or five of them. And then I'm going to leave out uh, Sagittarius, BG Bat, and Mr. Scotty Mac. Your questions, we'll try and answer them on the second half of the show. Okay, so let's go through it. First question from DC Pamela. Uh, how would you rank Dr. Fate now? And uh, do you think that he will become an important, uh, m- he'll become more important now more than ever? I mean, I say that uh, before Dr. Fate, uh, he was that scary. He was that he was that person that I feared going up against. And uh, and I used to love um, power. No, not power girl, Supergirl. I used to love using her a lot. Um, but anytime I would go up against Dr. Fate, I, I had to rethink that because I was like, I know that she's going to automatically apply this debuff and he's going to just AOE attack my whole team to death. Um, so. That that part, that particular power that he had or ability is something I really loved and, and was a little disappointed that they took out. But um, I feel like his ability to apply heal immunity with two separate powers mm-hmm. and with one of them actually having the heal immunity last for more than just one turn mm-hmm. makes him a very, very viable character. And um, especially with uh, a lot of you know, revivers out there, a lot of healers, overhealing and all that stuff. So um, I think that because of that, his uh, his team shielding abilities makes him a very, very tough uh, opponent and uh, very well, um, very well received on my end. And he works fantastic for Red Alert. So he's just an all around great character for PvP, for PvE content, just overall, just fantastic now. Okay, what do you think about Dr. Fate? Yeah, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I really like where he is right now, actually. I uh, His heal immunity is by far his best aspect, and he definitely is a character that if you haven't invested in him and you're thinking about investing in him, he's very worthwhile. Like, you will not be disappointed by him. So, I agree with uh, what you guys are saying. You guys definitely hit the, head, the nail on the head. One other thing that I'll add, though, is that if you guys are like me and try to are putting plans, uh, making plans for a special damage team, his leadership on his buff is really important because he gives intelligence up to your team. So he's the only character at the moment, I believe, that gives uh, team-wide uh, intelligence buffs. And even though it's only three, it's still pretty significant because it does add on a decent amount of damage. So that's another good part of his kit that you probably want to invest in. So 
Um, next question from Hate Mail, directed just to Mr. Jalapeno. Why do you think, uh, do you, why do you think that Red Hood is crappy now, even though we have characters that uh, need to be nullified with heal immune and stealing buffs with awareness all over the place? All right. I'm glad he asked this question. Um, <laughs> I, I thought he would know, actually. Um, and, and, and the answer is very simple. It's survivability. That's it. Um, with characters like, you know, AOE attackers out there like Firestorm now, um, they've made his fragments accessible with uh, Power Girl and everyone who has her. You know, characters like Red Hood, in my opinion, um, that, that don't really have that ability to like even put evasion up um, or you know, awareness or damage immunity or even death immunity. If if you don't have that, I feel like right now, there's so many hard hitting energy characters out there that can just take him out. Um, and it's happened so many times. Anytime I go up against a uh, a red hood, you know, I just use an AOE attacker. So even if you have a Clayface, Clayface is not going to save red hood from getting smoked by a power girl. Um, and, and then that just negates the whole, you know, point of him being there. And, and of course, I'm going to always have this this hate toward him because he replaced one of my favorite characters. So <laughs> uh, I'm always going to be. But but I will say this. And um, I mean, he does have a place. He does have a place. Um, if you're not going up against a very hard hitting AOE attacking energy character, you know, he can definitely do a lot of fantastic things for uh, for teams, you know, with the whole applying the heal immunity and, and attacking three times and all that stuff. But his damage is also kind of random, too. So, um, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of other characters that can apply heal immunity and bleed, um, especially now with Swamp Thing. I would prefer Swamp Thing over Red Hood if I'm going to put somebody on my team um, for heal immunity and bleed. Um, uh, and that's just kind of how I feel about Red Hood. That's, you know, I'm not saying that he's useless, but he's just, I think that. Joker Clown Prince of Crime was a better uh, version of Red Hood. So you, you'll probably get a question about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, good. Great answer. Uh, next question from Check Out My Crits. <laughs> if you could have uh, infinite mats, essence, shards uh, to max out a full team, who would make your go to all star team and why? <laughs> Do you guys want to talk, uh, take this one first? Uh, <laughs> if you could max out a team, I think you already did. <laughs> any any team, any team. Yeah. All right. Uh, go to all star team. Max out any team. Pick a team. Max out any team. Pick a team. Oh man. Um, <laughs> all right. So one of the teams that I find my myself using a lot lately is uh, a combination of Red Hood, Lobo, Aquaman, and Cheetah. Uh, it varies on who the leader is based on what I'm facing off against, whether it's Red Hood, whether it's Aquaman, whether it's Cheetah. Um, but I find that team has been very good to me lately, and that's the one I go to a lot. And here in the near future, though, I am looking forward to uh, Constantine, Chemo, Dr. Poison, and then I haven't really figured out a fourth yet, but I'm looking forward to that one too. So. Oh, uh, so uh, <laughs> I don't like revealing this right now, but I'm I'm gonna do it because I like you guys and and, and you know, um, but Martian Manhunter as team leader, mm-hmm. Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn, Mad Jester. Ooh, fun! <laughs> this is just right. a ridiculous team, absolutely ridiculous team. I don't have them maxed out right now, 
Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And, um, and as I'm playing, even with, you know, these characters not being maxed out, I'm, I'm, I'm getting fantastic results right now. So, um, I just want to see what they're going to really do completely maxed out. I think that your, <laughs> your plan is to maximize poison Ivy basically, right? <laughs> We said maximize what? Maximize poison ivy's like worth basically her cross pollen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can see definitely. shenanigans already. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. shenanigans uh, all over the place. <laughs> for me personally, I'd have I have two <laughs> different sets of teams. I'd have one team just because it's sort of like my for fun team. I'd want to max out a Justice League team, but basically all the Justice League characters because I love the Justice League. But mainly Superman, uh, any of the three Wonder Woman, uh, any of the three Batman, and um, my fourth, maybe Martian Manhunter, I guess, is a nice fit now, or Aquaman. But basically, just on theme, love Superman, uh, probably have Superman as a team leader uh, for all of those. And I don't think it's a very you know potent team. It's just a fun team. I just like that team. And they're, and a lot right. of them are energy-based, which is actually a problem. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, my, If I were to think of on a more competitive level, a team that I'm, uh, I'd am i want and I'm probably currently working on is a special damage-based team. So probably Martian Manhunter as leader, um, sort of to give everyone a bit of defense, uh, fulfill a, a sort of a Swiss Army knife type of role, a lot of utility, a lot of uh, good stuff on his kit. Then uh, Mira as more support um, and definitely a good special damage dealer. Etrigan, more special damage, big tank. And... The fourth slot will either be Dr. Fate as a team buff or someone physical-based because it's lacking physical. So I need Harley Quinn to sort of take some heat off people and put intelligence downs on the other team so that I can deal more damage with the rest of my team. So max out that team. I can I can see it being really good, especially against these sort of physical tank teams, uh, physical striker teams, because they won't be ready for special damage. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm working on. Okay. Um, nice. Next question uh, from Dan Beats. Uh, do you think that the PVC, PVP system should be changed somehow? And if so, uh, how, what changes uh, would you propose? So anything on that you have on mind? Well, I mean, it, it would be nice for them to, you know, change up the star system so that it would um, give you your stars based on who's standing at the end. That would be kind of nice, um, especially since they've, you know, gone to great lengths um, in, in order to, you know, really put a halt to the uh, Deathstroke Lobo combination. So uh, now that that's done, you know, it would be nice to actually have them, you know, give you a little bit more credit for keeping, you know, for using the strategy that they've put into the game. It's almost kind of like you're getting punished for for bringing revivers um, right now. So other than that, I think everything is pretty nice with uh, PvP. I like it as is right now, personally. I think it. I think the system is fine as it is. The only thing that I wish that they would tweak in terms of the point scoring is how the the power rating system uh, attributes to the points that you get. Because there's currently sort of um, not much incentive for people to gear out at vi- like too many of their characters to gear eleven, for example, at high levels, because it'll drop down the overall ratings uh, scores of the potential players that they see on the PvP boards. And a lot of people in my alliance have been vocal about this. Like, it makes the grind towards top 100 that much harder because you're getting a lot less points per, per match win. And for example, in me, in my case, I only have three gear 11s at the moment. I'm working towards my fourth and fifth. But, uh, I can, I personally am getting a lot of still like, you know, 13 to 20 matches on my boards. Whereas I see people who have maybe five or six gear 11s and they have maybe one on 
own their whole board. Right. You so, said what? What level? Because I think the highest I can get is <laughs> it's the highest I can get. So yeah. that, that's sort of the problem, right? Like I think they they are trying to balance it because you know you don't want uh, higher level players getting too crazy, getting too many of like high points, and just like rolling through top one hundred very easily. But at the same time, you know, they're giving less incentive to gear out your characters. Because if you get a core of like three or four characters at gear 11, you don't really have to gear the rest of your roster out. Because if you can if you can deal with most PvP content with this handful of characters, then that's enough for you point-wise, right? So it's it needs to be looked at. I don't know really how I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to propose, but I think it's sort of an issue. That's all. Hmm. Um, okay, the last That's question fair. for this half before we move on to the second half is uh, what's your opinion on a potential rework for Bizarro from the Taylor? Mm. Bizarro rework. Now, yeah, you know, honest, I, uh, for me, Bizarro is actually, I, I didn't really put too much into my Bizarro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still like gear eight. Um, but I, I was actually kind of looking forward to playing with this character. I mean, I've I've played against him, you know, early on when I was, you know, uh, most of my characters were far weaker and um, his ability to to basically heal himself um, when he takes those crit hits that that came in handy. I mean, and I hated fighting him because of that. Um, and and uh, I'd never really worked on him mainly because I just couldn't get his fragments. Um, I'm getting closer to getting enough fragments to get him to legendary four. And then once I get him to legendary four, then that's when I was going to actually uh, start really working on him. So, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I don't really think that he needs much of a rework. I mean, his kit from, from what I look at, I mean, he has a, he has a lot, he has high survivability. Um, his damage output might not be as great as it could be, but um, he's able to stun, he's able to apply bleeds. He's able to heal himself, you know, so for me, and he's taunting too. So I think that he's pretty nice uh, the way he is. And I think that the only reason why you might, you might not see him so much is because it's just hard to get his fragments. Definitely. Um, yeah, I have, I have to agree. He's, he's definitely a character that I want more of. And since he's rooted out of red alerts now, he just, you don't have any access to him. Yeah. And I think that is yeah. part of the, the reason that people that think you need to rework. That made me so sad. <laughs> Yeah, made me sad too. I'm half um, to legendary. I actually have him at level seventy gear. Oh well, f you. Um, <laughs> I, want that, I want that. I'm sitting team. here with like an R four. <laughs> if I had him at L one, I'd be using him. Oh yeah. Like, so, like, in terms of a potential rework. Yeah. Though, in, ter- in terms of potential rework. In, in terms. Yeah. Terms of that. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't need a lot. He just, I think his his bleeds on his fire breath need to be slightly like less chancy and more guaranteed. Uh-huh. And then maybe his stun needs to be 100% instead of 80%, but that's like yeah. the only things I can really say. I like, he's too much chance right now. I could see giving him um, sort of like a Superman style of um, healing based on like how he takes damage. Like, he does that kind of right now based on crit. But take that crit element away, you know. So, like, give him sort of like. No, I, th- I think that's part of what defines his kit, though. Oh, is it like that? Random? Like, I don't think you. W- I don't think you want to take that away. Okay. That's I don't okay. think you want to take the. If he gets crit, then he heals. I think you want to leave that. Okay. Personally, uh, personally, I don't know. 
Okay. Yeah, and he's also able to give. He, he's also able to get the uh, with his legendary, his first legendary unlocked. He's able to heal six percent of his health for each debuff, um, max three. So an additional eighteen percent um, off of his first move. Oh, yeah, um, on top of pretty big heal. Yeah, so like he has he has a, a, a decent amount of now. Okay, the, I, I could see them maybe giving him an ability to maybe overheal. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, instead of it that just would, yeah. healing him, it could it could potentially go to overheal, and now that would be I think fantastic for him. Um, but aside from that, I, I mean, I think that he has he's a very well rounded character, and it, uh, you know, if you're fighting against a bleeder um, and he takes bleed damage, one of his other uh, legendaries is that he gains damage immunity, and that yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. His taunt, if he's bleeding, he will. Game damage, meaning. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think that maybe they can change it to overhill. But other than that, I think that uh, so it's you know so his kits overall is it's pretty fine the way it is. Just needs to make a little bit of tweaking, I guess. Sort of like the bane treatment, as you're saying. Okay, now DP, I can hear you. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, hold on. So I was saying that um, in terms of. Uh, his kit, it, it looks fine the way it is, but I guess he just needs a little bit of uh, the Bane treatment, as you're saying. Just a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. Oh, if you got the Bane treatment, oh, man. <laughs> just a little bit. I don't even think he needs a Bane treatment. I think he needs more like a, a Robin treatment. Sure, sure. Yeah. Where he just needs, like, he just needs a little bit. Just needs a little bit. Just, or the just a little, little nudge. A little nudge. Yeah. So, yeah. As we were saying about the rest of the questions, uh, Sagittarius, uh, BG Bat, Mr. Uh, Mr. Scotty Mac will answer your questions. Uh, we'll try and answer your questions at the second part of the lame talk half of the show. Let's try and wrap things up here for this part because we're running a bit long. Okay, so um, let's bring us down to the the end. All right. Well, with that, with that, we come to the end of game talk and the end of this episode. Anyway, uh, we just want to thank everyone for listening and participating, and stay tuned for the uh, lame talk coming up shortly. You guys have any final words there, Mr. Fanatic Jalapeno? Uh, no final words here. Just um, I, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me here. Uh, I had a really good time, and I look forward to uh, watching your future posts. Awesome. So uh, some final words from me, just uh, as, as we always do, thanks. Thank, thanking you guys for tuning in live here on Discord. Uh, and also for those of you listening to the, pod tra- uh, the podcast on iTunes and uh, Google Play Music or on SoundCloud, thanks for supporting us that way too. And uh, if you haven't already, you can always follow us on uh, our social media at uh, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, at The Oddsman. Um, and you can help support the podcast as well at uh, patreon.com slash The Oddsman. And a shout out to our news patron this month, uh, Mr. Daniel H. Uh, I'm not going to say your full last name, just to keep some anonymity. But thanks again for being a patron. And if you guys want to be cool like Mr. Daniel H., you can uh, become a patron at, again, patreon.com slash The Oddsman. So uh, what we're going to do here is uh, play the outro music. We'll take about a couple minutes break here if you guys need to use the bathroom or something, and then we'll come back for the game <laughs> talk part uh, quickly or shortly hereafter. And for those of you listening on the podcast, the lame talk part will come out a week after the game talk uh, half. Okay? And with that, here's the outro. Hey guys, this is Uger Barbarian of the Oddsman. Wanted to give a huge shout out and thanks to everyone for listening. Catch us when we go live on Discord and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at the Oddsman. Feel free to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the oddsman for a variety of opportunities to help us grow and provide better content. Thanks again for your continued support. And as always, enjoy and grind on.